Okay, everybody. Well, welcome. Good morning <clears throat> to our 8.30 a.m. wake-up call. For those of you that <clears throat> we didn't have a chance to say hello to, um, Dr. Nessick and uh, Gail and Mary and Olga, just uh, want to say good morning to you guys. I know that... Um, you know, we've got a you know, we've got a group of us here on the line uh, as we always do, eight thirty AM and today, you know, is a start of a brand new week. <clears throat> we've uh it seems I've had with most people, they're telling me that they feel like they've lost a week <laughs> in their entire month and you know, we we certainly can identify with that because uh last week was if you're living here in Texas, it was our or many you know, I talked to uh, you know, one of our one of our brand partners that owns um several uh, pharmacies out in Arkansas. It's, uh, it was pretty pretty broad, the weather and the effect that it had on just about everybody. But this week looks to be a great week. I think that we're going to have a lot of good things happening this morning. Um, good opportunity to go meet at the office with some of our folks that have some guests. And um, and we head into, um, into the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We're going to um, unfortunately have to attend a funeral on Wednesday, but um, Thursday morning we have an opportunity to get together with some of our uh, team leaders, some of our brand partners up there. We're excited about that and just excited really about all the things that are going on leading up to, of course, the finale of this week, which happens to be a um, WBRX uh, showcase sponsor. We are sponsoring, a uh, sole sponsor of an event uh, that's taking place um, you know, here Saturday at the Zaza Hotel where we have all of our events. And this week promises to be a phenomenal event. Uh, it is a <clears throat> is a simmer event where we have several, um, as you'll see this uh, modified today, but we even have more guest speakers coming in, from some from the military, some um, a medical neurologist, uh, some of the people that have the opportunity to kind of share and talk about the results of simmer and why the simmer technology does what it does. And we're going to follow up that portion of the meeting with, a dedicated time just for uh, WBRX to discuss, you know, how, you know, the pre-launch uh, pricing and the advantages of that because soon, you know, as we continue forward beyond, you know, February, we get into March and April, we're going to be having, you know, our normal pricing of that particular uh, Simmer 2000 and the Simmer 414. So it'll give everybody a real a clear opportunity to understand the distinguishing differences between the technology that Simmer has and maybe some other things on the market have. They'll understand why the patented technology does what it does. And, and it's really important to do that because it allows us to go out with a sense of confidence and belief as we're sharing this information with other people. And I know many of the people, some of you on this, in fact, I, I think just about everybody on this call right now, either has uh, a Simmer event, I mean, a, a Simmer unit at your home, or, um, you know, you, you've certainly experienced it at the uh, event that we had last, uh, you know, here earlier in the month of February. So we're excited about it. And I think that one of the things that we'll, we'll certainly talk about, we'll have a presence there on the panel, is the, the value that it has brought many of our brand partners and other people as well, because they have the opportunity to have a sense of, um, of safety and a sense of freedom. Um, I think that people are looking for both at a time where we've you know, gone through as everybody knows, a global pandemic and, you know, they sometimes even having people over at your home as we, you know, we have people come to our home and uh, there may be our house cleaners or whomever and they're wearing their masks and we just tell them, look, you know, you're in a simmer protected environment where pathogens and, and uh, mold and bacteria and viruses cannot live and 
you know, you're you're fine to take your mask off here. So it, it's just it's just those little idiosyncrasies that make a difference. When we have our meetings at the boardroom, we take a simmer, um, we we take the simmer two thousand, and we actually turn it on so that people can have a sense of safety and freedom when they're coming into our meetings, which which is what I really think everybody is looking to accomplish. I think that as we you know move forward in 2021, and and you know regardless of what professional or what medical professional talks about you know, how long we're going to be wearing face masks and, and the, the actuals of, of the, of the uh, COVID um, virus. Some of the statistics are coming out now. The CDC, some of those, uh, if you guys have been reading, and it's hard to know or believe exactly who or what the publication is putting information out. But it appears, you know, just from a news perspective that, you know, some of the, um, the, you know, the mortality rates and some of those things uh, appear to be, now, according to CDC, lower than influenza, you know, and, and we, you know, we have a great, I have a great deal of empathy for anybody that contracts COVID and has challenges with it and certainly, you know, passes away just, just as I do uh, anybody that, that does that with influenza. And I know that no one likes to, or certain political regimens of the world don't like us to compare the two, but the fact is they're very comparable. In fact, influenza apparently from what I'm told and what I'm reading has a higher rate. So all these things that we're trying to get our hands around as people in the public and awareness, it, when we look at what's taking place, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen next week. Last year at this time, we were moving along crisply, and you know, little did we know that within you know, a couple weeks we were going to have a complete shutdown in our country. But that actually did take place. So as we move forward now in, in 2021, I think that there's a, an awareness that we don't, you know, know what we don't know. Uh, you know, we don't, we, we, we know that in the past maybe we've had a false sense of, uh, of certainty. And uh, the reality is, is that every day is uncertain. And, you know, when we go out and we start talking to people about our business opportunity, and I, and I share this, and I share this with people many times, and I've had a few people I spoke to over the weekend that said, Barry, can you explain to me, you know, because I understand the product part of what we're selling. You know, we're, we're all offering a value-added product. If I want people to, you know, get a great night's sleep, I can tell you right now I can sell them a bottle of sleep all day, every day of the week and twice on Sunday, which is great, you know, to hear this person tell me this. And, and they said, man, i I, I got to tell you, I love the bomb. I mean, it's, so what, what they're sharing with me is that they really feel pretty comfortable now selling the products, but they're not quite clear on how to convey the messaging of, of sharing a business opportunity, right? And I went through that myself. I mean, I had to kind of sit back and understand and learn that an opportunity is different things for different people, okay? Um, and, and, and in doing that, I, you know, and going through that process, you know, as a younger guy, I mean, I was in a position at one time in my life where I just really needed to find a way to earn an extra $5,000 a month so that I wasn't having to kind of raw Peter to pay Paul, going back and forth. I just needed better cash flow. That was me back in 1992, okay? So in pursuit of finding a way to have better cash flow, I found an opportunity that literally changed my life. It changed my my. My uh, my parents' life had changed my my future family's life moving forward because I found a way to generate not just a living but to really generate a, a lot of uh, a lot of income more than just a living more than I would have ever needed enough for me and for my 
folks and for you know for a lot of um, a lot of the generations to come. So <clears throat> the way that that was accomplished in my own experience was simply this: I had to understand the profile sociologically of what was going on with people that live in our country. And when, when once I understood the profile, and we've talked, and maybe you've heard us share these statistics, right? But I can just tell you that once I once the idea and the concept resonated in my mind that most people in this country end up at age 65 with an average net worth of $6,800, and it didn't matter what where their income stream came from. It didn't matter. In other words, we talk about the statistics according to the Internal Revenue Service. It didn't matter. It, it, the, the number of people in the 56 percentile bracket that earn $26,000 a year or less, statistically, that same number of people, about 87% of them retired age 65, basically broke. Well, that same thing is true for the one percenters. You say, well, golly, how can that be true? Well, we all know what, you know, the one percenters, the people that are earning $195,000 a year or more. If you're earning today, I think it's $196,000 a year or more, you're in the top 1% of the income bracket of this country. Now, there's obviously... A big, you know, there's a big, vast difference between $196,000 a year and multiple millions, and even tens of millions and hundreds of millions that some people make. But that's where the that's where the break point is. Anything that's, you know, below $196,000 a year, then you fit into that other category, which is about 10% of the people with, you know, earning $50,000 a year more. But it doesn't matter if you're in that bracket or not, because people tend to have a way of spending at least close to what they're earning no matter what the number is. And, and I used to think to myself, man, if I could ever make, and this is me back in that day, you know, if I could just make an extra twenty or $30,000 a month over and above what I am making, I think that that would be all the money that I would really need. And that's not the case. The case is that when you start generating more income, then your life and your lifestyle tend to be commensurate in many instances with what you're generating in money. And some of that is our own personal um, expectation. As we start generating this money and we start seeing it, we're starting to say, well, you know, what am I going to do with it? I'm going to invest some of it, which is hopefully the case, or I'm going to, um, you know, be able to help people. But ultimately what, try, what tends to creep up is lifestyle. You know, people say, well, look, if I can afford a nicer car, I should buy a nicer car. If I can afford to live in a nicer home, let me buy a nicer home. If I can afford to send my kids to a nicer school, let me send my kids to a nicer school. So, so commensurate to the income on the upper income brackets, these folks, uh, whether they're independent business owners or they're, they're fortunate enough to have a good-paying salary, whatever the circumstance may be, you'll always see that lifestyle that starts to creep up to meet the, uh, you know, the, the inflow of, of money, right? Well, so those people statistically end up in the same exact situation at age 65, meaning that 87% of that group of people at age 65 also have an average net worth of about $6,800. That's uh, assets over and above liabilities. That's money that they have available to them or assets they have available to them over and above the things that they're liable for at age 65. Well, when we talk about that reality, if you buy that, you get, by the way, I'm not the one that came up with those numbers. It's our, it's our own uh, government. It's people that are filing taxes, and it's recorded with the Internal Revenue Service. And you can check it out. Okay, Check out 
in, in the land of opportunity where we have more going for us still to this day than anywhere in the world, uh, the reality is is that the majority of people that are generating income, working, uh, in some cases their entire lives, statistically across the board, end up in a circumstance at some point in time in their life where they desperately need a form of income that's separate and apart from them exchanging time for money or uh, or putting themselves in a circumstance where you know, time for money is a big one, and then obviously maybe um, you know transactional income or, or or what we refer to as you know uh, you know money that's you know based upon a service that's provided. So if you're not, if, if there will be a point in time in all of our lives where we would either choose not to be able to work endlessly or not to work when we'd like to retire or there comes these things in life that call reality that says we may not have that choice. We may not be able to beyond age 65 exchange time for money. And that happens to a lot of folks based upon age and their health and other variables that do come to play as you get a little bit older. So when I share and sit down and have business conversations with people, and I was having this conversation with one of our brand partners what I try and do when we, you know, at some point in the journey, if I talk to someone, I, I share with them, you know, who we are, I share with them what we're doing, and, and, and I talk a little bit about the leadership team that we're looking to develop to build a, a very big, successful company. Uh, the reality is, is that, that we're sharing the value of a product that has a business opportunity attached to it. And by the way, we just firmly believe that whether people recognize it or not, in most cases, people really do need an opportunity. And sometimes, and this person was very forthright and very transparent, said to me, hey, Barry, um, there are some of the people who I've perceived didn't need an opportunity I didn't talk to, but I've learned through this person or that person or that person that things were not as good as I thought they were and they really do need an opportunity. Well, of course, people don't run around, uh, you know, waving a flag saying, man, I need an opportunity. They're doing what they're doing in their regiment, in their daily habits, in their daily circumstance. They're not thinking about residual income. They're not thinking about ancillary forms of revenue. It, it, and that probably doesn't become as relevant or as important to people until they get to, like, their mid-40s or maybe mid-50s. When they're in their 30s, people, you know, sometimes just walk around believing that manna's going to fall from the sky or they're going to basically find a way some way, one way or another, and, and, and that doesn't normally always happen. So people spend the majority of their time in their life pursuing the idea of retirement exclusively through what we call an asset portfolio of real estate, stocks, bonds, money invested over and above what one would have basically generated an income and spent, uh, that's the 99.9% .9 of people pursue the idea of retirement exclusively in that fashion. And then we come along and we say, look, there is another way. A guy by the name of J. Paul Getty, maybe you've heard of him, maybe you didn't, he talked about the way of being able to generate income by developing or having a, a stream of revenue that's based upon a high-growth industry where you have 100 people you know that um, that you can leverage their income from and earn and earn a small percentage of a lot of people versus a hundred percent of your own, and and that idea and that concept is not something that I came up with. It's not something Sean came up with. It's not something that 
you know, that anybody, you know, in the industry of network marketing came up with. It's something that is just, you know, statistically a fact of, of life. There's, there's only so many ways that we can go out there and we can create an income in our retirement years that's commensurate with what we're making in our income-producing years. And you see it all the time because once people get to the age of 65, in a lot of instances, what they do is they start downsizing and right-sizing. And basically what they're doing is they're starting to find ways to uh, you know, limit their exposure of, of expenses because they're going to have less money that they're going to be making uh, as a result of the government or the state. And that's a pretty that in many, in many cases, guys, that's the limitation that people have. Maybe they were fortunate enough to have a 401K. Maybe they're fortunate enough to have a retirement fund. Whatever that, that's, you know, all in that, you know, investment portfolio category. Can we understand that? So when I start talking to people about an opportunity, the reason that, um, you know, I feel free to do it is I know statistically most people don't end up in the position they thought they were going to end up. They don't end up there. They end up in a very difficult spot. Uh, I've known people, and I know them today, uh, that at even at age 70, okay, had millions of dollars. But at age 76, almost nothing. Now, that's because of bad choices. Those were their choices. Uh, but that's real. And it doesn't change this just because they made those bad choices. So I don't, it doesn't make, and that happens to people when they're 50. It happens to people when they're 40. So the only thing that we can do is sit down and logically assume, look, the way that we can prevent that from occurring is creating multiple streams of income. We believe that wellness biosciences is a great way to leverage your time and your effort um, to create an ancillary form of revenue as a result of people that will want to use uh, you know, various types of consumable products in the categories that, we, that we've talked about. One of them, obviously, is CBD, right? Another one would be bionutritionals. I don't know if, you, if anybody has been spending time looking around at, at some of the advances that have been made in bionutritionals, right? That we know, I mean, just as an example, I can just, just share things with, that I read on a consistent basis that, uh, you know, our body as it ages requires uh, different percentages of protein. Well, our body as we age, gets, it, it's a little more challenging for us to assimilate and digest the protein that we get from the foods that we eat. So there are other ways of being able to maximize that protein efficiency, amino acids, and the essential amino acids and the right combinations of those amino acids can drastically improve your body's capacity to assimilate the proteins from the food that we eat and also help you lose a significant amount of body fat and sustain lean mass. Well, those are just, I'm just sharing with you one example of something that would make a big difference for people today. We know that CBD is phenomenal because it certainly represents a way that people can overcome the, you know, the, the high levels of uh, stress and anxiety that we see out there today. They can overcome the challenges of sleeplessness because we know that that's a big impact in the industry. Also, chronic pain. And it's a natural, very, um, you know, very good way of accomplishing that. And we know that the entire cannabis industry is exploding, and some of it has to do with the benefits that are associated with that plant. Some of it has to do with just the fact that people – you know, like to recreate with, um, you know, with, with cannabis rather than alcohol, you know, because now we're learning at the, uh, the challenges that our body, you know, that, that our body has to overcome 
if you're drinking maybe too much as you get older because your body then runs into a whole different uh, challenge. Your, your capacity to assimilate sugars and your, your capacity to overcome you know, some of the challenges that are, that are directly related to that pancreatically and, and otherwise. So, so you have choices. We all have choices when it comes to our health, but we also have choices when it comes to our wealth. Okay? Those choices are creating an ancillary form of revenue by, by looking at high-growth industries with wellness-based consumables and building and developing a distributor base. Now, we also know that in today's world that we have what we call wellness-based durables, Hence, the Simmer. The Simmer is a very timely and effective product that is good today. We believe that that technology will continue to increase. It will continue to advance. And we always know that the environment that we live in, to keep it free of various types of mold, various types of bacteria, various types of virus, that's going to become more relevant, not less relevant. And that's really what we're going to learn about this coming weekend. We're going to learn about, you know, the, the challenges that we face in this world that we're not even aware of, the, the various challenges of, of um, you know, of terrorism by, by virtue of, of, you know, using uh, different types of viruses to attack, you know, civilization. So we all have to take it upon ourselves, whether it's our income, our health, we have to be self-reliant because no one is going to take care of us unless we take care of ourselves. We know this to be true. It's called personal responsibility. Now, that may not be the highest topic or form of topic that we hear about in many forms, politically and otherwise. People will gladly have you believe that you can be taken care of, okay, as I said before, by the state or by the government. And I'm just telling you that that's probably the life, in my humble opinion, that you're not going to want to lead. So when I talk to people about the value of an opportunity, I can only share my own experience. I didn't have to put in hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars to earn hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars. What I had to have was I had to have a, a, very, uh, a very good opportunity that I believed I could do. Now, that's the other question that people ask themselves, can I do it? Well, they're going to have a certain level of belief of what they can or can't do based upon how it's presented to them. So we do the very best that we can through something called a six-step marketing program to introduce people to an opportunity that they, that they can believe that they can do if we share it with them um, effectively, if we make sure that they have a chance to experience the product, if we make sure that they have a chance to experience some of the stories and the personal testimonials of people that have experienced the product, if they have a chance to experience some of the testimonials and some of the specific information with respect to the business opportunity, then they legitimately have a real opportunity to build and develop a strong business. And I tell people, listen, everyone that gets involved, you can take uh, people that really do need an income, and you can show them how to go out and earn 6, 7, 8, 10, 12, 15, 17, 18, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'd have to ask Sean. I mean, what's the max amount of money that we pay people on a, that have earned money in a month with WBX in the early stages of our company's growth? It's pretty significant. Now, some of those people will take that money and they'll do different things with it. We understand that. The idea is that we have a chance. I was having this conversation with a gentleman, one of our brand partners, one of our new leaders, and he said, Barry, I love the way that you guys take it upon yourself 
to develop leaders because it's the difference between giving people fish and teaching them how to fish. Well, the only way that we know to build a successful business is not to make people uh, reliant or to not have people dependent, is to create independence, to create self-reliance so that they legitimately know the truth of what's going on sociologically and otherwise, to legitimately understand, hey, people out there today sociologically don't understand. I promise you, this is another example that we've shared. I've shared this with people in many different instances and many different uh, meetings. You know, example, the happy greeters at Walmart, that was not probably a career objective. That was a necessity that became real for them. They ended up having to do that, not because they thought they were going to have to do that during their income-producing years as younger folks, but they ended up in a circumstance that they didn't perceive that they would be in. Most people, guys, at age 65 and older that are struggling financially, they didn't understand or they didn't believe that they would be in that situation. At a younger time in their life, the world was their oyster. They had plenty of time, but as time continued to creep up and then they became less capable because of the energy and the, uh, you know, just the mental fortitude required to build and develop business, maybe or build and develop anything you know, in, in their income-producing years, as time started to catch up with them, then they maybe sometimes believed that they couldn't do it. Now, we know that without a doubt, you today, because of all of the different information, different things that we can do, the different ways that we can ensure lifestyle, there are people today that are living a more productive life at age 70, 71, 72, 73 than they were when they were in their 50s or their 40s. So today is a little bit different because we have more information, more knowledge. Listen, there was a time, you know, thousands of years ago where people, you know, whether you believe this or not, lived to, you know, they lived to, you know, hundreds of years of age. And a sort of body because of the environment that we're, uh, you know, we're exposed to, the water we drink, the, you know, the air we breathe, the food that we eat, it's processed. It's, so a lot of things control and inhibit our ability to live that long now, okay? But biologically, we were developed as human beings to live long periods of time. So today, if you look around, there's a lot of people in our country that are looking for ways to turn 100 years old. They basically want to have the um, advantages, uh, you know, to live a long life and, and live it in a healthy way and a productive way. So you, you can take any summary of that. How many people out there do we know that are looking for ways to look better and feel better? I mean, I know a lot. I, everybody I talk with, everybody I'm around. So if I have an understanding that I know whether they recognize it or not, that people need a business opportunity, I can go out with a certain level of conviction and belief, and I can talk to people openly about that. I can say, look, without a doubt, I know whether, listen, I didn't think I needed an opportunity. I was working, you know, from 5.30 in the morning to 8 o'clock at night. And the last thing I wanted to know is I, I wanted to stay focused on what I was doing, and I didn't have the mind share or the fortitude or the aptitude to say, oh, let me find a different way until, until somebody came along and said, you know what, Barry, I've kind of seen how hard you're working, and it doesn't seem like you're getting far enough ahead. Maybe this is a person who you can meet with and talk with, and we can share a way for you to generate additional revenue. Well, that person that shared that with me was a client who was a personal injury attorney in West L.A., that person helped redirect 
And he was the vehicle that changed, the, he basically led me to the message that changed not just my life, but by the way, because of that decision, there have been a lot of people's lives that have been changed, okay? Whether it was through the uh, value-added uh, nutrition, the value-added, uh, you know, obviously in this current campaign, uh, you know, CBD, now we're bringing on, you know, wellness-based durables. In the future, we'll probably bring on wellness-based bio-nutritionals. Listen, we're building a business model that's applicable to the needs of people today, and, and it's relevant. It's all relevant product. But the, the, the culture and the organization and the growth that we're experiencing within the organization is what allows us to go from, you know, a company that's just done, I mean, this company that we have right now has done millions of dollars of business, but we're going to do tens of millions of dollars of business. We're going to do hundreds of millions of dollars of business. There will be a group of people that will be the direct beneficiaries of this growth because they get involved and they apply the energy, the fortitude, and the wherewithal, and they understand the messaging, and they become the, they become the beneficiaries because we, we, I'm talking about us corporately, we have to build it through our brand partners. We know the strength of that business model. We've been there before. We've done it. So we continue to grow and develop leaders. And the way that we do that is through our existing leaders. We do that through the people that we have on board currently. We're just looking for those right people. It could be, uh, it, it could be someone like Sarah Davidson. Okay, Sarah, you know, she tomorrow could come across the next $10 million line in this company. We don't know. Susie Carpenter. I mean, I'm just talking, she's out in Idaho. Do you know that tomorrow, I don't know this, but I could, I could get on a three-way call with somebody, then I'm just using examples, by the way, Susie didn't tell me this, with probably the next business individual, it could be someone at age 25 or 30 that's gone through a difficult time, and they need a business opportunity. They may not recognize it, but on one given day, Susie, through her messaging, she does a phenomenal job, she's a great communicator, gets through that person. And then they say, okay, let me take a look. And then they get on a call with my partner, Sean, right? And Sean does a phenomenal job of executing ideas and, and communicating the ways that people can get involved in business. I'm using examples, guys. And now they decide, okay, let me come to an event. And like Susie, they get on a plane and they come to Houston, Texas, and they see something that they believe might be the spark that can change the entire direction of their life. This is, guys, I'm sharing with you not just within WBRX, not just within our experience. This is how our entire industry has been built and developed and grown over all the years. Every company has become a multiple $100 million company and billion-dollar company through the exact, exact same circumstance and example I'm sharing with you. It could be Sarah. It could be uh, Susie. It could be Michael Vanderveer. Do you know that Michael Vanderveer is, you know, came by way of a gentleman who we never even see, but there's there's two lines that came from that from that gentleman. One that came through Michael, and and another that came through Mitchell. And, and in both cases, we have people that came through those lines. Were there different amounts of business and volume? Of course. But you know, those guys are still involved in the business today. They're still involved. Now they may not be as active as others, but that doesn't change the fact that tomorrow they could come across anybody that would change the entire direction of our company. We have founders that helped us get to where we're at today that we're so thankful for. They, they could be involved, and they could find somebody in their, in their path 
that they would say, you know what, this is a person who really does need an opportunity. Let me let them get on the phone with one of the other brand partners that's had success. You know, Mary, Mary Smith, she could be somebody, she could say, you know what, we, I helped uh, help these guys, you know, get the company going when they were doing the fundraising at that stage, and I believe, I, I believe in Sean, I've always believed in him, I think he's a great guy, and, you know, it looks to me like if they just have the right circumstance, we could do really well together. But you know what? I know this person, and they live in a different part of Texas. They're young or they're older. They, they really do need a different form of revenue, and they need to be around a group of people that are upwardly mobile, excited about where they're going, what they're doing to accomplish great things in life. I like being a part of this group. And then there you go. It could be Gail, Gail Kinney. She could say, you know what? I, I, you know, it, again, you know, Gail's it. Another person who's had a, a tremendous amount of value just by participating in the ways that she does, bringing good people. Th those are things that really matter in the end, right? I mean, Jake, Dr. Nessick, another great example. We're on the call here. Everybody that I've been sharing, all these, these are just examples of, of people on the call this morning. We have a lot of brand partners that never get on these calls that have helped us have hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of business that have taken place in our business that aren't even, they're not even here. But they led us one person to another, to another, to another. And, and what I'm sharing with you, and the reason I'm bringing this to, to fruition, guys, is as you build your business, you'll be shocked and amazed at how that network of people that you're developing and building, how much value that really does have in so many different ways. Yes, the relationships, yes, the learning process, yes, the growth, but also the income potential. Because at any given point in time, I was looking, I was so thankful I saw, I saw uh, Gail's um, revenue, her residual income check, uh, not something that she was directly involved with, about $3,000 last month. Well, the reason that that happened was another person who she brought in the business brought another person to the business that decided to advance her business to a higher rank and she was the beneficiary. That is the way the business is supposed to work. She wasn't the direct sponsor, but guess what? She won because she was genealogically in that, in that process. And that's, to me, what the business is all about. I look at, I look at the potential of working uh, with the people up in the, uh, up in the Fort Worth area. I get so excited because I, I don't know who Jennifer uh, Rennell could introduce us to. I know she knows good people with good businesses, and I never know at what particular point in time that she's already shared product, shared information, that one of those people could come to fruition and change the entire direction of her life and the company. That, that's a real thing. I mean, that to me is the most exciting part of our business. Look, Stony Grimes, I know we're going to sit up there with him and Scott Lappinson, uh, you know, and, and a group of folks that we have up in the uh, Fort Worth market in, Dallas, in the Dallas area, and we're just going to have breakfast and just talk with he and and Erica and, and, uh, and uh, Jeff uh, Matthews, and we're just going to share ideas of ways that people can advance and grow their business and some logistical things that we can do to certainly help from a company perspective because we believe in those people. We believe that they've you know, made the commitments. They've come to Houston. They've spent time with us, and now we want to help them grow the business. But I, the thing I get so excited about, and, I, and I'll just conclude with this before I turn the call over to my partner, Sean. Listen, I get excited because I never know, in any given day, today, I'm going to be meeting with Olga, and she has a new guest. That new guest that she's bringing to our boardroom, because we're not going to be here Wednesday, she, we, we, uh, we did this today, I don't know who that person is, 
or the potential that they have or who they know. And I, I've realized this, guys, about, you know, it was just a little while, maybe a year or two after I'd been involved in the business. And I had, you know, some specific things that did occur for me. I told everyone the story about my partner who was a physical therapist who came from Holland. He didn't speak very good English. I didn't want to talk to him about the business. And then he goes out and he brings on a guy that spoke no English from Amsterdam, came over. And that that gentleman and that, that conduit changed my whole life because they represented no less than five figures a month from the time they got involved, just that one guy who I didn't even want to talk with. And so I've always looked at this business, and it, it's a good fit for me because I'm, you know, I'm an optimist by nature. I see the best in people. Sometimes I get disappointed. <laughs> Sometimes I, you know, I, I see that people are coming up to support a meeting, for example, and then I learn that they were just coming to try to do the oldest, oldest uh, trick in the book, and that's to try to, you know, try to pull people out of our network. I, I've learned all these things. It's sad, but I choose to maintain that optimism. My wife gives me a hard time sometimes. She's like, Barry, be careful. I don't want people taking advantage. You know what? I'm going to maintain that sense of optimism. I'm going to be, I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to be you know, looking to see that everything is as it should be. But if you lose that sense of optimism in our business, I think it's challenging uh, to continue to build and grow day in and day out, year in and year out. And I've seen people that lose that sense of optimism. They get themselves into doubt and disbelief, into uncertainty, into the darkness, and they never can make it back. I can tell you the guy that I'll just give an example. Uh, you know, and it's, this is this is just my my observation. People lose the edge because they lose their optimism, and they lose that sense of belief that anything on the positive can happen because they get their butts kicked every day by life. I think that's genuinely what happens. And you have to make a decision to not allow that to happen. But I can just give you an example. The guy that was front line to the company who earned millions of dollars in a, in a previous campaign that we had, Sean was in his organization. That guy lost his edge. He lost his faith. He lost his belief. And today I don't know what he's doing. I don't think it's very much. And now i got my partner, Sean who got involved in the business, and certainly Sean has gone through experiences in life, but here he is today, and every day I talk to him, he operates with that sense of faith, belief, and optimism. Therein lies the difference between Sean and the guy that earned millions of dollars, earned a lot more money than Sean did, but Sean has a lot more value today than that other gentleman, and Sean's earning a lot more money today than other gentlemen because of choices that he made. So the thing I'll just conclude with, guys, and, and, and I'm going to uh, – get ready and head over to the office to meet, uh, to meet with Olga, is this, guys. I know, I know without a doubt that people need an opportunity. I believe they need an opportunity to work together with us at WBRX. It's up for them. It's up to them to believe in that same thing. But as long as I'm sharing that belief, it doesn't matter. If someone decides not to get involved, someone gets involved and earns 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 and then not get involved, I understand that too. People have different things. They have choices. We do not require people to do anything. We don't hire people. We invite people to partner with us. It's a very different relationship. We're, we're working together as entrepreneurs. So we don't have the ability to require anyone to do anything unless they choose to insert themselves into a business and partner with us, and then we can do magnificent things. We've seen this happen over and over. But, but it, the thing I'll just conclude with is this. We are here because we know without a doubt that the next person and then the next person and the next person, there's always going to be a person who will get involved, 
who shares that same sense of belief and optimism that we do, who believes without a doubt as long as they work hard and they do the right things that they can go out and share a real business opportunity with a company that uses a network marketing compensation plan that actually sends value-added product, collects money and pays commissions, and does the right thing. Now, once you have that sense of belief, you overcome doubt, you see the consistency, you see that we're actually, um, you know, fulfilling the obligations that we have, and we're just looking for people that want to partner with us to do the same exact thing. Then you can overcome just about anything by sharing opportunity. By sharing opportunity because along with that opportunity becomes a high level of faith and belief. So, guys, I appreciate the opportunity to be on these calls uh, at 8.30 on Monday morning and share this information with you. Hopefully it's helpful. I know that we all come from a different perspective, a different understanding, and, 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 I, and I love uh, you know, to listen to everybody's perspective. I really do. I, I, I enjoy it. I understand it. And I think that we can all uh, bring significant value to one another. So looking forward to, the, to this week. Tomorrow we have our Zoom call at, um, you know, at 3 o'clock. Uh, and, then of course, on Thursday, on Wednesday, we will not be here at the corporate office conducting that meeting that we normally have. We'll send out emails to that effect today. With that, Sean, I'm going to turn over to you, brother. I appreciate everything you do and all you do. And I'm going to sit back and uh, actually I'm going to be getting ready to go as you're talking to put you on speakerphone. Just want to say thanks, brother, for all that you do and looking forward to the week. Hey, man, great job. Appreciate it. And thank you guys for joining the call. You know, as Barry mentioned, you know, a lot of what we do is on the personal development side. And one of the things I plan on talking about today, uh, it's so funny because it's funny how things line up. You know, Barry and I don't compare notes and we don't script these calls. He, he does his thing for, you know, 20 minutes to 40 minutes or, or whatever. And then I go on and do my thing. And it amazes me. And you guys just have to take my word for it for now. But it amazes me how often our messages are very congruent and very succinct and very in line with each other when we didn't compare notes. And ironically, you know, I didn't, I didn't know that Mary was going to be on the call today either necessarily. Um, always an open forum, but, you know, she's a busy lady and she's on the call today. And one of the things that I was going to reference was her company, 2030, but only really as it relates to or ties into my story of having to overcome, you know, commitment and, and integrity issues. And I'm going to define for you guys what I mean by that, because it's not necessarily the same that the world means. You know, a lot of times the world would have you believe that the word integrity, you know, is doing what, what they think is right. And that's not really the definition of integrity. You know, morals, that's different. Moral compass or ethics, okay, that's fine. If, we, you know, if, if society believes XYZ behavior is ethical, or XYZ behavior is moral, you know, then there's a little bit of a compass in, in, in our world today. I mean, I'm not going to get on that soapbox, but in our world today, you know, who, who's to say who has morals and who doesn't. But nonetheless, as it relates to integrity, the definition of integrity is doing what you said you would do. So not what, you know, what my partner Barry maybe thinks I should be doing or my children think I should be doing or my parents you know, though I'm in my, my mid-40s, of course, my parents still love to weigh in on decisions that they think I should be making. And that's their prerogative and it's, a, it's their opinion. As a, as a growing uh, seeker of wisdom, those people are my counsel. Of course, I care what Barry thinks, and I listen to Barry's input, my family, my friends, my, my pastoral staff, whatever the case may be. But that doesn't mean I'm out of integrity when I disagree with them or when I don't see the value of their opinion on a particular subject matter. So integrity is just doing what I said I would do. And guys, I got to tell you, that alone is a full-time job. You know, Mary and I, 
have both read a, a book called The Four Agreements. I highly recommend it if you're a reader. It's a simple read. It's a it's a it's a pleasant read. Uh, and I tell you, it's one of those few books, you know, like like Think and Grow Rich that Barry's always talking about. Life changing book. Think and Grow Rich is a phenomenal book. But I would definitely put The Four Agreements as it relates to personal development up there in that same category as a as a you know arguably life changing book. And one of the four agreements is to be impeccable with your word. And I'm going to, I'm going to repeat that because if a lot of times people hear what they want to hear, they don't hear what was said. I mean, I even do that. I'll be reading someone a text message and I'm reading from the text message and my mind sometimes will want to change one or two little words because it's how I read it, it's how I perceive it, and those one or two words might change the definition of the original text message. It's just something that the brain does. So I'll reread that or I'll re-say that to be impeccable with your word. So be careful what you what you promise yourself. This is really about you and yourself, relationship to you. Be careful what you promise yourself because if you're going to try and aspire to be impeccable with your word, and you're going to try or aspire to be within integrity of yourself, then a big part of it is, okay, well, what did, then what did you commit to? And as an example, if you committed to doing the six-step marketing program one day a week, I'm sorry, one time a day, five days a week, then the question isn't, isn't about Barry or myself or WBRX or you know, uh, the product or the six-step marketing program, the, the, the issue or the question at hand is, were you impeccable with your word? And so the reason I bring 2030 into it, and guys, I'm not plugging, like I'm not, I'm not selling for 2030. I don't make anything off 2030, but I talk to people that I care about, about things that have benefited my life, whatever they may be. The, the F-150 that I drove through the snow, I'm a huge fan now. I already was but I'm a huge fan of the F-150 4 by 4 and, and, you know, inclement conditions because I was able to get around as I needed to to get plumbing supplies or to go check on things, and, and you know, I love my truck. Well, I don't get paid by Ford to, to say that. I'm just – it's just a fact. Well, when Mary and I got connected, you know, now, now gosh, about a year and a half ago on the subject matter of 2030, you know, one of the things that she said was, I, you know, I don't know if this will help your reflux or not, but I think it will. This is a GI reset. It's a kind of a hormonal cleanse. It's, it's much more than about anything to do with weight loss. Weight loss, the 50 pounds, by the way, which I've kept off about 45 of, you know, was a phenomenal byproduct. What a welcome byproduct. But what I was seeking and what inspired me or motivated me to stay committed, because that's what we're really talking about here, is, is one, identifying what you want to get out of something, i.e., the WBRX opportunity, then what you're willing to commit to. That's step two. What do I want? My goals. Step two, what am I committed to? And then step two, B, or step three, whatever you want to call it, guys, anything worth pursuing, anything, anything worth pursuing does come with sacrifice. And I'm just telling you, that's where you're going to lose most people. So whether it's WBRX, whether it's Mary, you know, I tell you, I've, I've talked to Mary on a, a less frequent basis now than I'd like to, but, but when, we, when we do talk, it's always as if we've never, you know, like we've never missed a minute and we connect almost instantly. But it's funny, and I'm not laughing at her, I'm hopefully laughing with her, but, you know, she really probably should have gotten a degree in psychology to, to run a weight loss business, not be a weight loss consultant. Because, I mean, so much of what people 
have to, again, their goals, their commitments, and then their sacrifices, that's, guys, it's really much more a psychological or sociological aspect of life than it is what food you put in your mouth. It's all much, much more about why you put it in your mouth. So back to Barry's point, you know, Barry loves to work out. He's a guy that hits the gym five, six, sometimes seven days a week. That's not because he's obsessed with his physique or obsessed with his body. It's a much, much deeper why. You know, Barry's, he often talks about his age and we, we rib him about being in the industry now 30 years. But he's got young, beautiful children. He's got a young, beautiful, active, vibrant wife. You know, Barry's got deep, deep reasons for wanting to stay healthy as long and as, as well as he can because he wants to see his five grand, you know, five children, you know, raise grandchildren. So Barry doesn't smoke and he doesn't drink to excess and he doesn't eat, you know, tons of fried foods and just, just, just crap. He lives and maintains a healthy lifestyle, one, because he knows the value of how it feels and how it, what it's like to take care of his temple, so to speak, and then, and then two, in no particular order, but the value of what it's going to mean to his children as they age, and then ultimately his grandchildren, and, and should God bless him with this life, you know, maybe his great-grandchildren, you know, who knows? And so, you know, one of the reasons that as I've talked to folks about 2030, just as an example in my journey, you, you'd think that a guy that's lost – 50 pounds and, and essentially cured, for lack of a better word, his own acid reflux, you would think I would be Mary's number one referral source. And I'm probably, I don't know if I am or I'm not, but I'm probably not. And I'll tell you why. I'm probably a little too honest because I tell people the, the hardest part of that 30-day journey for me was zero alcohol. And guys, I don't know if I just have a bunch of alcoholic friends or, or it's just because of COVID or it's because of, you know, inclement weather, but, but people right now are pretty connected to at least their, their evening cocktail or their, their weekends of letting their hair down. And most people, I say, look, you know, for 30 days, it's a, it's a great diet. You can eat steak. You can eat lobster. You can eat shrimp. You can eat all these different fruits and these different vegetables. It's got a great, as far as the, the repertoire of the menu, you will not struggle with wonderful things to eat, but for 30 days, no alcohol. And I kid you not, most of them, it takes them about 30 seconds, and they go, no, I'm out. I'm out. I can't do that. Now, that's not for me or, or me. or I'm neither, It's neither here nor there whether they can or can't go without alcohol for a month. But that comes to the sacrifice part, right? For me, and this is just for me, my reflux got so bad, I'll tell you the tipping point. I was taking Zantac 150 every single day. I had tried Prilosec. I had tried other OTC. I had tried Nexium, prescriptive Nexium. Nothing was working for whatever reason. The only thing that seemed to metabolize well in my body was Zantac uh, 75 or Zantac 150. Well, our good old FDA comes out and know that product's been on the market for years, years, by the way, hundreds of thousands of consumers. They came out and said, oh, Zantac is now known to contain uh, product, you know, or ingredients that, that absolutely cause cancer. Well, great. I've been taking those for the last 20 years. Now, fortunately, I've been taking my antioxidants and I've been, you know, trying to live a better, much better and healthier lifestyle in, in the late, in the you know, more recent years. But all that to say, I, I found my rock bottom. I couldn't take the product that worked for me anymore. My reflux was so bad, I literally would go days on end without a good quality night's sleep because every time I would I would lay down, it would just it would just erupt. So I would have to 
prop myself up on literally two or three pillows, try home remedies like drinking bacon soda and water. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff to try to alleviate the symptoms of my my reflux. So when I met Mary, or when the conversation about 2030 came up, and the potential, just the potential for it to help my reflux, I had found my rock bottom, and I was committed to not drinking for 30 days. And I didn't. Well, for 29 days, I did not have a drink, not a sip of alcohol. And that includes through some holidays, uh, a wedding that I went to. I mean, times that would be more common to have at least a a glass of champagne or a, a cocktail of some sort. Nope, nothing. But I was, I, again, I was coming from rock bottom up and I wanted to change my situation. Well, back to the, the, the opportunity when I met Barry, you know, same thing. I, I, if I had met Barry a month before the month I met him back in 2002, I probably would not have gotten involved because the month before I met Barry, I was making about 150 grand a year spending about 150 grand a year, but I had no debt. I had no credit card debt. I mean, I had, a, I had a mortgage on my home. One of my cars was paid off. One of my cars wasn't. But I mean, compared to people that had 10, 12, $15,000 in credit card debt at 10, 12, 15% interest, I just wasn't that guy. So had I met Barry the month before I met him, I probably would have arrogantly and egotistically thought that I had enough going on that I didn't need this guy or his opportunity. So strangely, I can today say, thank God that my son broke his arm. Thank God that I had a hail claim for which I couldn't afford the deductible. Thank God overnight I went from zero credit card debt to 10000 in credit card debt because, guys, i got to tell you, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been $100,000, and I wouldn't have had a plan for that either. So fortunately for me, the, the pain threshold that changed my financial situation my rock bottom was only about $10,000. But I've got other friends that have got, I mean, my buddy John Holt, he's got an uncle that I love. He's like my own uncle, though we're not related, but I just I'd love the man to pieces. He averages fifty dollars to $60,000 in credit card debt. He's almost 60 years old, and he's got no plan whatsoever to change that situation. And when I see the guy, God bless him, I love him to pieces, he asks me, me, the guy that's got $60,000 in credit card debt, Ask me, who's completely debt-free, and I'm not trying to compare, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing the guy ego thing here and comparing. I'm just saying I'm debt-free. I've got money in the bank. And most importantly, because that could change overnight, guys, I know that. I know finances ebb and flow. They come and go. I gave my finances to God a long time ago. So this is not about how much money I have or how smart I am. It's none of that. It's that I was, I was in a position where I was in a hole I, I found, I realized that, and I made a plan, and I changed my situation. That's all I'm comparing here. If I talked to this gentleman and he said, look, yeah, I'm 60 grand in debt, but I have a plan, I would have nothing to say. I'd say, great, man, how can I help? What can I do for you? But when I see this guy, he has the audacity to ask me if I'm still running that multi-level thing. Are you guys still doing that multi-level thing? You, you know, did you ever get your company off the ground? How's that deal going for you? His, his, his posture, his demeanor, it's literally as if he's talking to a kid running a lemonade stand. And I love him, and I know he loves me. He doesn't mean anything by it. And fortunately, I've evolved enough in my own psychological and sociological journey, and, and, and I've you know, developed enough confidence in myself and in my, 
system and in my company and in those around me, you on the call, my business partner, then my confidence is less shakable. I wouldn't say it's unshakable, but it's way less shakable now than in years before. So now I just kind of look at him and smile. And I, and I, frankly, I just kind of feel sad for him and I don't rub it in his face and I don't talk finances with him, but I just say, look, man, I too was once in credit card debt. I too struggled to make minimum payments. And I know you think I'm just doing this multi-level thing. I know you don't really get it, but if you ever want to change your financial situation, you ever want to pay off that fifty, sixty thousand dollars in credit card debt? Because by the way, Barry alluded to it, and he said he would ask me. I'll tell you, the biggest check we've written to date was a little over seventeen thousand dollars in one month to one distributor. Now that's not one check. We've written checks for five, you know, three thousand, five thousand, fifteen thousand. You know, in, in the last sixty days prior to the commissions that that are going to go out this week. In the six, in the 60 days prior, we paid out over $50,000 to three, just three different distributors. Like it wasn't divided evenly, but one made 10,000, one made 15,000, another made 16,000, whatever it was. But collectively, these three or maybe four distributors collectively in, in a 60 day period split over $50,000 in commissions. But I got this, this friend of a friend that, that still thinks I'm, you know, selling lemonade on the street corner or, or whatever. So all that to say, as you go through this journey, you've just got to listen to people. You've got to put on a little bit of a hat of a psychologist, for you know whether you want to or not. Read books on personal behavior. Read a book maybe called Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goldman. Of course, I recommend Thinking Grow Rich, um, The Four Agreements, all great books. Those books are going to help you more than a sales guide or how to close business. Those things are not unimportant. Don't get me wrong. It's important that you are smooth in your presentation. <clears throat> well, let me rephrase that. It's less important that you're smooth than that you're authentic. But it's important that you do grasp the content and the material, you present it in an authentic, palatable way, and then you really get down in the weeds with people and you understand what's going on with them psychologically. When you're talking to someone, by the way, in Houston, we're the fourth fattest city in the nation, okay? Fourth fattest city in the nation. About 80% of the, of the Houston population is overweight, and over 40% are actually what they call clinically obese with a BMI of over 35%, okay? So about one out of every two or three people you talk to is overweight, and about one out of every four or five people you talk to is clinically obese. But guys, when I talk to them about losing 50 pounds, and I say, you just got to quit drinking for a month and eat these foods, they, I'm out, I can't do it. That says everything about the psychology of where they are in their weight loss journey or where they are in their health journey. And maybe they'll circle back with me and maybe they won't. And the only reason I'm using that is because it's a phenomenal parallel to our business that I'm, that I'm disassociated from. Like I'm not a representative of 2030. I don't sell for them. I don't make money with them. I'm just, I have a personal story and it amazes me the parallel between people that you look at and, oh, my knees and my back and my reflux and my blood pressure and my cholesterol, all things related to weight loss. But when you talk to them about giving up alcohol for one month of their life, not can't do it, can't fix my back. So what they're really saying is I can't fix my back problems. I can't fix my knee problems. I can't fix my blood pressure, my cholesterol, or, or my sleeplessness, or my snoring. I can't do all those things because I can't put down the booze for one month. And there, guys, zero judgment in that statement. I don't care. 
drink. Drink as much as you want. You're, if you're 21 and employed, drink all you want. I has nothing to do. It's not my business. I'm not here to judge or cast stones or look at the speck in your eye when I got the plank in mine. I'm simply saying I found my rock bottom as it related to reflux and my health, and I was committed to doing anything I had to to change that. Well, same journey when I met Barry back in 2002. I was terrified about my finances. I'd grown up with a mom that worked three jobs. I, in high school, had no less ever than two jobs, often three jobs or more, picking up side jobs. And, and I was terrified that at 20-something years old, with a, a wife and two kids, that I was going to end up working an enterprise all day and 7-Eleven all night or whatever to, to, get, to get my finances right. And I was mortified. And Barry showed me a path in a way that literally changed my life. Now, you know, he talks about Greg Chudikoff. You know, I've never met Greg. That was a relationship Barry had back in, you know, the, the late 80s, early 90s. I was still in high school. But I can thank God right now on this call publicly and, and abroad. I thank God for Greg Chudikoff, a man I've never met. Because Greg meeting Barry and all, I mean, like, like God is good, you know, because all this was lined up well before, well before I ever met Barry. So I, I'm glad that Barry met Greg Chudikoff and Andre von Kamene and that, and that Paul Magistri, you know, ran an ad in the newspaper that, that, you know, pulled a guy in named Brian McLaurin, who, by the way, his birthday was yesterday. And Brian pulled in John and John pulled in me and, and, you know, the rest is history. So I'm, I'm just grateful for the, the turns and the journey. But I, I, I wanted to share that with you because, guys, I know that when you're sitting across from someone that's telling you they can't sleep and they take Ambien, but they don't want to try your product. Or, you know, Barry talked a lot about, about the income earners in, in the United States, and I'm going to close in the next you know, 90 seconds with this. But, you know, guys, Barry talked about the income earners, you know, in the U.S. and, and the small percentage of people that earn, you know, $195,000 a year or more. Guys, don't. Don't confuse, again, the words where we sometimes want to hear what we want to hear, not what was said. Barry said, you know, that 1% earns $195,000 a year or more. Guys, we have a lot of millionaires today that don't earn hundred grand a year or more. They earned it once. Their parents left it to them. They won a lottery ticket. They had a, God forbid, a death in the family, so there was an inheritance. Maybe went through a divorce and, and the husband, you know, got some money or the wife got some money or maybe they sold a business one time. Guys, some of the tightest fisted, most over analytical, worried, stressed out people I know have a million to three or four million dollars in the bank, but no plan to make money this year. And they're almost unfun to be around. They're literally a millionaire on paper. Looks, and I'm not talking, I'm talking about a fake millionaire. I mean, maybe they have a million dollars in liquid cash in the bank. They could go make a withdrawal right now. So I'm not telling, I'm not talking about fakers. I'm talking about bona fide net worth assets above and beyond liabilities, you know, a million to two million dollars in the bank. But if they don't have a plan to make a hundred or three hundred or five hundred thousand dollars this year, those people are not fun to be around sometimes. They, they, they're the, they're the ones that, you know, overanalyze a $45 Mexican food bill because it's not about what they have. It's about what they have coming in. And but without that plan, they're worried. They, they want to protect that little nest egg. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying protect your nest egg and have a plan to go out and multiply it times 10 or 20 
are 30 times so you're not worried about this trip or that vacation or or selling this to pay for that. So it's really, you know, there's just, there's just, you have to really, I could go on, I'm, I'm going to stop here because I could go on another 20 minutes, but you, you just have to start reading the books and understanding what makes you tick because, guys, we are all very, very similarly interconnected, whether it's the atoms, the molecules, you know, our religious beliefs. I don't know all of the various things that, that connect and intertwine humanity, but your woes and your concerns and the things that keep you up at night are not that radically different from those around you. If you will, if you will get inside your own head, understand what makes you tick, what motivates you to commit to various things, because all of you on the call are committed to something. You may or may not be committed to WBRX, though if you're on the call, I, could, I would say to some degree you are, but you're committed to your family or your faith or your wealth or your health. You're committed to something. And guys, I don't, I'm not picking on any of you, but all of us on the call are not as committed to something else. So I'm committed to, you know, my diet, but I'm not committed to my exercise. But Barry, I mean, he's committed to his exercise, but he's a little more lenient on his diet. Whatever. I'm just using silly examples. If you can tap into what motivates you and gets you to commit to something where you're just all in, and then you can understand what makes other people tick and why they're all in on one thing and not on another, and then you can align this opportunity with what their commitment level is and what they hope to accomplish, that's when things will change for you. So, guys, with that, a couple of book recommendations. I know we said Think and Grow Rich, The Four Agreements, and Emotional Intelligence. We appreciate you guys being on the call. We're going to have our, our Zoom tomorrow, Tuesday, 3 p.m., Get on that call. Bring folks to that call. Let us share information on your behalf. Uh, then, again, as Barry mentioned, we will not have the Wednesday corporate meeting because we'll be at a, at a memorial service up in, um, up in the Dallas-Fort Dallas Fort Worth area. But then we should be back online. Um, actually, I'm trying to think of my dates. I'll get back to you guys on the Thursday afternoon Zoom call uh, versus, versus something else. Anyway, appreciate you guys. Have a great week. Reach out if we can help you. Uh, thanks for all you do, and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.